You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, ending the week with the latest around the NFL. More news on Julio Jones, starting to seem a little bit more imminent that he could actually be on the move from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, some interesting questions I want to dive back into that we didn't hit from our Twitter Tuesday. Talking about who our favorite teams are to win the division. I think that's a good conversation and a fun conversation to have now that we've seen how these teams are taking shape in 2021. As mini camps and OTAs are starting to fire up around the league. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. Matt is at Williamson NFL. Feel free to get those questions in for us for any episode, but especially those Twitter Tuesdays upcoming, as well as some fantasy and dynasty conversations, I think, Matt, which start to get very fun now that we know what rookies are on what teams. I know you have a couple of drafts coming up, don't you? Yeah, I do. And check out Locked on Dynasty. Ryan McDowell and I do that twice a week, and then, but it's a five-day-a-week show. Um, tis the season for dynasty rookie drafts. You know, the, uh, the, the, the regular draft is in the books. It's really a downtime for the NFL, and that's when fantasy starts to really pick up. You know, you start looking at some of these lists around the around the internet and starts to really fantasy season starts to heat up. And you and I are going to do plenty of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I used to write blurbs for RotoWire. That was one of my first, you know, football mm, yeah. industry things I started doing. I did baseball and football blurbs that who knows, you might have read. You might have read my blurbs at ESPN.com when I was doing those uh, back in the day. So um, it's in fact, that's funny. I didn't really think about this, Matt. You were at ESPN and I was doing some RotoWire stuff. And so at the same time, we both had stuff that was appearing on ESPN.com. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I was there for 10 years. I had to figure out the years, but it's been a while. It's about, it was about seven years ago I was let go from them, but I was there for 10 and pumping out a, an article or two a week and a podcast every day. And back then chats were big. I did a Wednesday at noon chat every, <laughs> every week. And that yes. was a blast. I remember those chats. Yeah. yeah. Love them. Different world, man. Uh, we kind of still have that same vibe. It just happens differently. You know, the the medium which those chats are delivered changes, and I'm sure that will change again in another seven years. They were better, though. I mean, I'm old, and you know, they were a very fun community. A lot of the same people came in. We had a lot of the same running jokes. I went through question after question after question, and Twitter kind of ruined the chats. And I remember even like my second or third year at ESPN asking a bunch of buddies and people in the business, like, should I be on Twitter? Why does anybody care what I, you know, ate for breakfast or like, yeah, you have to be on Twitter. Come on. You know, <laughs> by the way, I think some of our, uh, our, our episodes that are mailbag related uh, are going to start to head toward the video side of things too, with the way the network is going mm, here yeah. and there's more YouTube channels launching for different shows. So at some point I think you're going to see our mugs at Peacock and Williamson here and you might have some live YouTube chats as well happening with some shows every week, which would be a lot of fun, but again, different. So things sort of start to move and meander, and uh, that's the direction things are going right now with this network. So just keep an eye Good out for that. Things are growing. Yeah. we got to adapt. And by the way, for our, our Twitter Tuesdays, fantasy is absolutely wide open if you want to drop those questions yeah. on us, and we both have that um, that in our background, and we both currently play multiple different styles of fantasy leagues, so it's always a lot of fun to talk about that kind of stuff, especially when we're in that slow period of the off season. Another thing that happens, Matt, during the slow periods of off seasons 
is trade rumors. And there's that June 1st new league year thing where teams can spread out the cap hit for a player over two seasons, and it makes more players available in trade, makes more players potentially getting cut from their teams because they can now lop that salary off and not take all of a cap hit in one season. And the latest is Julio Jones. I think we've talked a little bit about it on the show, but the latest from the Athletics' Jeff Schultz, who covers Atlanta sports, uh, made it seem a lot more likely than I thought it was that Julio Jones actually could be on the move, and it sounds like they might even be shopping him. Like That might be the only out the Falcons have to fix their cap situation post June 1st, and I know we talk a lot about how the salary cap isn't real, but for some teams, it does become real, and you just get completely hamstrung, and it seems like the Falcons are in that situation. It's either Grady Jarrett or Julio Jones, and that's their only two options. And I would think if that's what it comes down to, you got to move on from Julio with, with Pitts and, and, and Hurst, you know, I mean, we did the tight end ranks. I mean, he can still contribute, but especially Ridley in the mix. Russell Gage is a pretty good player. And you get something pretty decent for Jones. I don't think you can move on from Grady Jarrett. I mean, he's like the only good defensive player. And apparently Grady Jarrett is somebody they could restructure, but his agent, whoever that is, is not the restructuring type. <laughs> you know, and maybe wants more if that's the the situation that happens there. So I think they might be, unless they're willing to just completely get rid of Grady Jarrett, then it almost has to be Julio. And that's, you know, it, it's a pretty big salary that they would be able to move. So the question for me is... And Jeff Schultz in this article names a few teams that, and I don't think he's hearing that these are the teams that are actually in on it. But he's I haven't putting, seen this, but I have two favorites. You have two favorites. Okay, there was only one yeah. team in the NFC, and it was the 49ers that he um, that he connected with Julio Jones in this. And hold on, let me find out what the other teams are. The rest. Let's of the teams, stop there real quick because okay. I've heard that one too, and I understand the Niners are trying to build something, but they don't have first round picks in the next couple of years. I love their receivers. I just don't see it for San Fran. Here's the question. Is it going to take a first-round pick? I don't think it will, but can you afford to deal future picks? Right. You're already down first-rounders in the next two drafts. If you you get rid of a second-round pick in next year's draft, you're not picking. And if the 49ers are good, which they expect to be, you're not picking even, you know, barely in the top 100. Your first pick will be, we're talking about how, remember the Texans this year didn't have a pick until 67? At least that was early in the third round. What if the 49ers are a playoff team, trade their second round or two? They're not picking until 80, 90. 90 you know, that's, right, right. That's that's pretty tough. Um, and you and still, then you extend Bosa and Warner, and you know, you need some cheap labor. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And and, and the 49ers have given up part of the value of having a quarterback on a rookie contract because they still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's making twenty six million dollars this year, and then they don't have those first rounders to replace more cheap talent on the roster to go with that cheap quarterback. So they've given up some of the value of what a rookie contract quarterback is in the NFL and obviously they will lose Jimmy Garoppolo's contract next year so they will have a little bit more wiggle room and then the cap will go up so we'll see but maybe they can fit the 15 million dollars of Julio Jones I think Julio's next three years the final three years of his contract are 15 million 11 million 11 million and I, I'm sure at the end of that that's contract, not that bad right and, and you could get rid of that too so if you right 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 the question is, so is it a pure salary dump? And for that reason, could a team get Julio for a lot less just because they're willing to take on the salary? And I think that's almost the only way it could happen because I don't know if any of these teams are willing to give up what it would take that you would normally think that Julio would cost. But he's not young anymore. He's had a t- 
huge injury history. Like, I would bet my mortgage that he doesn't play 17 games. He can't play 16 games. How would he be able to play an extra game this year as he's one year older, right? So you're probably trading for a guy who's not going to play 17 games for you. You hope he's even healthy when you do get to the playoffs and obviously that huge salary. So I think that really makes the pool of teams willing to trade for him small. And it might have to be almost a pure salary dump where they're maybe not even getting a second round pick for Julio Jones. And in that case, does it even make sense to trade him? But so I found that part of the article here that talks about the teams. And uh, this is one league source that Schultz talked to that talked about the Tennessee Titans, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Colts and Chargers, all AFC teams, and then the 49ers and the NFC. Tennessee, who are the, who are the ones you mentioned there? Uh, that was 49ers in the NFC, and in the AFC it was Ravens, Patriots, Colts, Chargers, and Titans. Okay. My two favorites before I heard that list, without a lot of thought, were Green Bay, but that one, they don't have the cap space. That one takes a powwow between Julio and Rodgers yes. and management to say, let's kiss and make up, Aaron but we need you to restructure your contract and we're going to give you Julio Jones. Let's all sing Kumbaya and win the Super Bowl this year. Possible. And maybe that even means Jordan Love gets shipped to Atlanta. Maybe, you know, or, you know, love for Julio in a third. Right. Or, you know, something I, like that. You, you know brought I mean? that up earlier this week. And I, yeah. I love that. That Of all of these, I like that the most. If the money and the contract part of it and the cap part of it could be figured out for the Packers, because that would fix everything. First of all, it would make the Packers amazing. Apologize for that crazy loud car. I don't know if you heard that. Um, I, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> what kind of car that was. It was not a nice car. As like That wasn't like a souped up hot rod or anything. That, that car needs to go to the shop. Um so it, it fixes, obviously, the cap situation for the Falcons, and they didn't draft one yeah. of those first-round quarterbacks. You get a first-round talent quarterback. See what you get there in Jordan Love. Maybe they liked him last year. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, that's a situation that they drafted Pitts. They didn't go quarterback. You have somebody and, and see what you have there. I think you wouldn't I think the Packers wouldn't be getting value but the value the Packers would be getting is getting a, a, a Julio Jones if they were able to restructure things with Aaron Rodgers you keep Aaron Rodgers you fix all those relationships I think that makes a ton of sense and I'm surprised it's not being talked about more I just don't know if the cap situation even with extending Rodgers can still fit 15 million dollars in because essentially the Packers are up against it yeah that I don't know 100 percent, but I do know it would take some contract uh cooperation from Rodgers which is probably sticky, <laughs> you know, just where the where that relationship right. is right now. Um, three other names. My other one that I thought of, but two you mentioned, I think are good. I love New England. You know, I mean, the Bama connection. They traded for Sanu from Atlanta last year. Obviously, that didn't work. If I'm New England, I think I'd give you a second straight up for Julio. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at that team going, they're a contender again. Yeah. I think their receivers are junk, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, that's that's a problem. Uh, the Patriots make a ton of sense there, and they can fit it under the cap, it looks like. Um, yeah. The Colts can as well, so that's always an interesting one, and the Colts have been pretty... The Colts are an interesting team because in the trade market, they've been aggressive, but in the draft, they have not been aggressive, and maybe this is a way for them to supplement that uh, that draft they had, and all these teams. The Chargers is an interesting one, too. And I didn't really think about that one, but man, the Chargers yeah, trying to fight for eyeballs and and uh, fans in the L.A. market. I kind of like the Chargers now that I think about it, too. Yeah, I mean, first round mocks and whatnot. 
I thought LA could go with Waddle or Devontae Smith and, you know, Slater was a better choice, but uh, an, another receiver there. But the one thing I liked about that was then you kind of were spacing out the age between Keenan Allen and Williams and a rookie, not getting older all of a sudden, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of brushing the chargers off, but wouldn't blow me away. The Colts make a ton of sense. You know, they have the cap space. He'd be a great role model for Pittman. Um, you know, he doesn't have to play a ton of snaps. I think you want to limit his snaps a little bit at his age. And I think Tennessee also should be in the mix. They're an aggressive organization too. I mean, they take a lot of chances on guys. You put him opposite AJ Brown, you know, considering what you lost, that'd be a pretty darn good offense. All right. We got to move on from Julio Jones. I'm sure that story will not end, but a very interesting development there. And it sounds much more likely than I thought to actually be something that could happen. Where could he end up? And is there enough teams that would actually be interested that the Falcons could get a return? As I think about it now, I think they will not get a top 50 pick for Julio Jones. And who knows, maybe it's something that's um, a future pick where games played are a part of it because maybe, teams maybe. would probably be afraid of that injury history and everything else that comes along with Julio Jones, as talented as he is. Okay, coming up, a couple of listener questions from earlier in the week that I think are interesting that we will touch on. An, another one that actually involves Julio Jones, and then we'll pick some division winners for 2021 next. No NFL games to bet on, but NBA playoffs are happening and are super fun, especially when you've got a little extra on the line. Major League Baseball every day, all summer long. All your sporting needs, odds, latest news at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action at Bet Online. This is your chance to get into the game. NBA playoffs, there's Triple Crown, Horse racing, golf majors happening, the PGA Championship, and not just sports, by the way, a ton of other things to get involved with at Bet Online. There is table games, poker, blackjack, even reality TV and award shows to bet on. Head to the website or use your device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit with promo code locked on. That is promo code locked on at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Following our top 25 wide receivers for the 2021 season episode, Matt John sent a tweet to both of us that said, Julio's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But you can't tell me prime Antonio Brown isn't better than prime Julio. Julio has had multiple crucial drops in big moments, doesn't score touchdowns, and has half the all-pros of Brown. If A.B. doesn't go nuts, this isn't even a debate. A.B. is a better all-time wide receiver. Discuss. And before I even click on the bio, I'm pretty darn sure John is probably a Steelers fan. Uh, and yes, I clicked on it. Strong and yes, he is a Steelers fan. Um, I know you are close to the Steelers, Matt, so you might have some interesting perspective here. What do you think? A.B. versus Julio. Julio's had the better career. And to this guy's point, fellow Steeler fan, is Julio, to me, is the easier choice for Hall of Fame. I think both will easily go. I think Antonio might take the Terrell Owens route to the Hall of Fame where they make him wait a year because the voters can be kind of spiteful and childish about mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and therefore, I think on the all-time list, Julio has to be higher. I don't think that's what the question he's asking me at all, though. I, I think he's asking, 
at the height of their powers, mm-hmm. which is coincides with each other. There's a three year to four to five year stretch where I absolutely thought they were the best two receivers in the league. Who's better? This guy's a little biased towards the Steelers. I think it's a tie. I'm not trying to skirt this or, you know, uh, you know, he makes it sound like Brown was clearly better. I think Brown was every bit the player. And Julio does have a weakness or two here with a drop here and there. And I do think his his touchdown numbers being low for his career isn't fluky because he doesn't go up and get the ball like a Hopkins or Fitzgerald or, you know, as much as you would think for as big and strong as he is. But you hit him on a slant and he shrugs off a corner. Look out. I mean, he has more gifts than A.B., I was often asked when AB was his best, you know, why is this guy so good? And the one, the analogy I used for Brown, more so than most receiver, maybe any receiver I ever saw, was he came out of his breaks without losing any speed whatsoever. Like he was a Ferrari going around your neighborhood, not stopping at stop signs or even hitting the brakes. You know what I mean? Just, you know, like a, like Tron video game. It's the most amazing feat I've ever seen from Antonio Brown. He even looks yeah. different the way he moves and the way he, you know, the the biomechanically. He just moves differently in, in a, such a weird way. Here's what's crazy is their primes were very nearly, in fact, they were the same year. Both They're had exactly the best, time, yeah. Both had the, their best seasons in 2015. How about this? 2015, Julio Jones, 136 receptions, 1,871 yards. Antonio Brown's best season, same year, 2015, exactly 136 catches, 1,834 yards. So they were within 1,800 yards for a receiver. It's it's crazy. Those those numbers are both mind-boggling. They had the exact same amount of receptions and within 50 yards of each other. Antonio Brown had two more touchdowns. Julio had a couple more yards per game. That's, I mean, that's insane how close they were together. Here's probably the tiebreaker for me. Pull defensive backs from 2015. Which guy would you want to line up against? I think they would still choose Antonio Brown. Because of the size and the physicality. Yeah. You know, like, with all respect to Isaac Bruce and Marvin Hernandez, or not Marvin, uh, yeah, Marvin Mar- Hernandez. Marvin Harrison. Harrison, what am I calling him? Marvin Hernandez. <laughs> you yeah. got tight ends on the brain. I still. actually just tripped over my bar stool while I was saying that. And I lost my uh, my train of thought. It's kind of like I'd still rather play against those guys than Calvin Johnson or Andre Johnson. You know, I mean, right? It, 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 they can hurt you just as bad, and they can run right by you or whatever. But I, I am going to always be a little bit biased towards the bigger, more physical player. And then the other tiebreaker is obviously the late career Antonio Brown stuff and falling off a cliff after. His sure. age 30 season, you know, not necessarily because of on the field stuff. So his peak was shorter because he hit his peak later, too. He, he you know, remember, he it took him a little bit to get going there as a, a later round pick. And Julio was an early. Oh, he entry. was fighting Mike Wallace and Emmanuel Sanders for playing time early on. You know, Right. Yeah. So yeah. as a first round pick, an early first round pick, Julio hit the ground running in 2000 yards combined in his first two seasons. And then, you know, his his careers continued on. And he had 13. 94 in 2019 only played nine games last year but it, what's crazy about all of julio's injuries is he's played a lot of games some dud games though i remember as a fantasy football player you plug him in there and he doesn't he, it, it's a game played but he, he wasn't julio i mean there's a lot of thursday practices he's not at you know or questionable 
I think he has screws in his foot. I mean, he's they're always the same recurring issues that he fights through. And I mentioned it when we did that wide receiver show. For Jones's career, still, he averages 95.5 yards per game. And some of those games he didn't finish, you know. Um, and when AB left the Steelers, he was right at that number, too. I think that's the most by any receivers in history per game. So when you boil it all down, uh, give me Julio. He wins because of he's going to have better total career numbers. Their peaks were pretty similar and just physically such a such a monster and scarier to play against. I think for those reasons, uh, Julio wins out for me. He's the better career. And I think at their peak, it's really a coin flip, but I guess I'd take Julio. Yeah, it's 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 close enough to where the the tiebreaker definitely goes to Julio for me. Yeah, I hear you. But uh, to be honest, I really think Rice and Moss are the only two receivers that have had better careers than Julio Jones. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. And uh, to the to the listener's point, John's point there with this is AB is going to be underrated career-wise because of how it's ending. And that's probably 100% true right. and sort of deserved. <laughs> you know, he he kind of brought it on himself. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't feel so bad for him either. Okay. Let's pick division winners next. What do you say? All right. Let's quick quick thoughts. You know, buzz the room. Yeah, we'll buzz through it. Our, our favorites to win each division in the NFL coming up. All right, Matt. 2021. We know what teams are starting to look like now. There could be potentially some big names on the trade market on the move this summer that could change some things for some divisions, for example. NFC North, Green Bay Packers would easily be my pick to win to the division. Aaron Rodgers is not their quarterback. That changes things, obviously. So um, those things could change here. Listener question, I want to shout out. Let's see who that was. That was B. McGarry on Twitter wants to know who our favorite team to win each division is. So let's go through these really quick. And yeah, why not? Let's, start, let's start in the North there. NFC North right now with Aaron Rodgers on the Packers got to be Green Bay, right? I 100% agree, but what if he says I am never going to play for Green Bay again? Who would be your runner-up pick? Mine would be Minnesota. I will go Chicago Bears. I think, I, I think Fields. I mean, that's a bet on Fields, It's right? a bet on Fields. It's a bet yeah. on them being a problem with Fields even as he develops, and they were already a playoff team with bad quarterback play. So just getting better quarterback play with their defense, better than Minnesota's, that would be my pick. But the Packers would still be in the mix as long as Jordan Love is like, pretty decent too so like it's not like they're not a good team aside from Aaron Rodgers either so I don't know if I would I think they might be a six or seven win team without Aaron Rodgers I don't have a lot of faith in love or young quarterbacks in general I just think I, he's I, gonna you know yeah it's hard you just don't know what they would get at quarterback yeah would they be getting I, bottom I really five think... in the league quarterback play or would they get replacement level quarterback play with love in his second year I just think Rodgers rises, raises all ships more than anyone mm -hmm. wants to realize. AFC North. Those Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns. I don't think I can put the Cincinnati Bengals in the mix quite yet, although stock is definitely up for that franchise. They found their franchise quarterback. I, I think Cleveland has the best top-to-bottom roster. But Baltimore is just always in it. Hard to play against. Well coached. I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going to take the Brownies. Um, I think there will be multiple playoff teams in this division. I think it's a really good division. And maybe even three is possible. Uh, my only reservation with the Brownies is the Ravens and Steelers know how to win. Do the Ravens or do the Browns know how to win when they're a favorite? You know, that, there's something to be said for that, especially in this division. And but I'm going to go with the Brownies. And I'm definitely not 
pushing aside the Pittsburgh Steelers either. They they might have the best de- they could have the best defense in the NFL this year still. And Big Ben's not in his prime, but not a scrub at quarterback. And their running game should be better. Like the Steelers are going to be in it too. I fully yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers win nine games. You know, which could be you know a playoff team, a playoff and it'll be hard to beat. But probably not enough to win the division. That's good division. Let's go to the South, the NFC South, those Atlanta Falcons with or without Julio Jones. I think they could put up a lot of points. I still have questions about that defense and how many years is it going to take the Falcons to fix their defensive side of the ball. Panthers up and coming, not ready for prime time. The New Orleans Saints minus Drew Brees. I mean, Tampa Bay is the only team that you could, I think, expect to win this division going into it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the short answer. It's the obvious answer. It's the right answer. I do think New Orleans is more of a com- uh, a contender than people want to realize because really over the last two years, you could argue that they've played their best football when Breeze has been out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hate to say that, mm. but him being out of the lineup the last two years has not hurt this team. Okay, how about this? Tom Brady retires tomorrow or, or has an injury that keeps him out and it's the Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask show in Tampa. You take the Saints? Oh, yeah, I think Tampa wins six games. And they have a great roster, but the, the quarterbacks behind them are junk. AFC South. I agree with you there on the NFC South. Uh, yeah. AFC South. I think this is the worst division in the league. It's not great. I think the NFC East would be in competition there. The Houston Texans, favorite to have the number one pick in the 2022 draft, which at least they own. So that's good news for them. And, and they got to figure things out at quarterback. I don't think Deshaun Watson will play early in the season. I think at some point he could play this year, but as of now, I'm projecting at least half the games without Deshaun Watson, and it could be the entire season without Deshaun Watson there. I'm not Col- counting on him to play another game in Houston. Yeah. Colts with Wentz. Jacksonville with their new rookie quarterback, but, you know, college coach, the jury's out on that franchise, and it might take a little while for them to be a team to reckon with. And it could be 2022. It could be 2025. I have no idea. Uh, Tennessee Titans. So Colts-Titans is, is what it comes down to, right? It has to. If either of these teams were to get Julio Jones, I would pick that team. You know, and you can't usually say that about one transaction in the mm-hmm. NFL. I lean towards the Colts, but that's a bet on Frank Reich getting Carson Wentz right. If anyone can, I think that's the situation to do it. But um, to be honest with you, I might put a buck on the Jags to win this division. I'm not predicting it. I'm not su- suggesting everyone do it. I just think that you're probably going to get them at, I don't know, 15 to 1 or 20, some crazy odds. I don't even think they're good, but uh, I, I don't think Tennessee or Baltimore or, or the Colts are very good. Yeah, I don't think the Titans are better. I think both, of the, both those teams have proven that they are good enough to make the playoffs, not good enough to make waves in the playoffs. It's Wentz in Indy. That's the big thing here. Uh, if that fails, then it's, it's open for Jacksonville to maybe – get in there. I, I can't say that. So it would have to be Tennessee. But if Wentz is anything like his old MVP caliber self with Reich in Philly, if they get that, then I'm taking the Colts easy in this division. Yeah. Side note, I, I did a radio hit in Tennessee yesterday. Uh, they took some umbrage with my Derrick Henry as the fifth best running back in the league. <laughs> you can find that on my Twitter twi- timeline, actually. They re- replayed it and uh, it was it was fun, but it ended up being good spirited in the end, yes. and then they were happy that I had AJ Brown high on the receiver list. Yeah, I'm definitely not surprised uh, that they 
they took Didn't offense yeah. to that. But still some talent in Tennessee, new offensive coordinator. We'll we'll see what's going on there. I, I, I don't know what the to The coordinator expect. thing, I think, is huge. Yeah. And they lost Corey Davis. And Johnu. I mean, not that they're great players, right. but... But just more yeah, weapons. So, yeah. I mean, you, just, you roll up there and... Uh, I, is Tannehill going to raise all ships? Uh, probably not. I like him, but not probably not. So you stack the box against Derrick Henry, and then you double A.J. Brown, right? Right, right. Let Ferkser beat you and those guys. Ferkser, yeah. I mean, it's not the hit on Ferkser, but yeah, teams aren't worried about Yeah, I've been a little rough on him the last two days. All right. I'm going to go Colts. You... Me too, me too. In but F- you take Tennessee if they got Julio. Yes, I would like that. Me I too. think that would yeah. be enough. Either one of those. Those are teams that should be in the market for him. NFC West. Toughest division in the league, probably. Cardinals, Rams, Niners, Seahawks. Yeah. Seattle I sell Seattle worst... short every year. Yeah. And I'm going to do it again. I think they're third. Seattle I'm has go the worst roster. The but they, What's that? Seattle has the worst roster. They just never go away. Yeah. And just Wilson just wins games. Carroll wins games. I'm torn between your Niners and Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Stafford addition is gigantic, but they're fragile. You know, I, I'd have a hard time betting over on the Rams or things like that because they're so stars and scrubs that a little rash of injuries or something hurts them bad. Right. If Donald goes down, you know, we talked about some of those teams, Tampa and Green Bay, if they lose their quarterback, what if? The Rams lose Donald. Or Ramsey. or, or yeah, Ramsey. I mean, like, they don't, there's two or three key guys. And Stafford has been banged up recently, too. Like, right, you're not right. getting 2011 Matthew Stafford. Right. But I do think it's a big upgrade at quarterback. I think it is, too. And I will probably go Rams. But this is going to be a fun division. I could see almost any order uh, in this division at the end of it. The Cardinals got better, I think. And the 49ers quarterback is a big you know they're they're i think that might weigh on the 49ers more than people expect because on paper and look the the, the we just saw this with the packers the packers think oh this is perfect on paper hall of fame quarterback let's draft a guy he'll be the next guy everything's going to be fine and it'll all work out when you have two quarterbacks you have none for reasons because so much weight is put on both quarterbacks your coach every day every rep in training camp and preseason and it's just it really weighs on a franchise. So I think that could be a little bit of a cloud over the 49ers more so than post-draft. You think, oh, great, you went and got your quarterback, you got Garoppolo, mm-hmm. they, they texted each other, everything seems to be good. It just never goes that way. No, right. I mean, there's going to be a competitiveness, jealousy, and you know things like this. They're human beings. You know, Implementing it on game day and things is different than us talking about it in my basement. You right. Know? Um, one note that kind of reminds me about the AFC North and the, in the, in the NFC West is I think there's one coach that doesn't hang with the other three that is substantially fourth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I think we know who those coaches are. Let's yeah, go to yeah. the AFC West here. Can anybody take down the juggernaut that is the Kansas city chiefs? I don't think so. I mean, I can't imagine what that offense is going to look like if they have a top five to ten offensive line, which I think they will. Yeah, now. They did a great job of, of wow, yeah, of fixing up that offensive line. Uh, they're scary. They uh, got just, like seven starters. You, you can't pick against the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Although I'm very excited for those Los Angeles Chargers to see what they become. And what if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers? Now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. And 
I think I'll take the Chargers as a playoff team, and there's a lot of divisions I might pick them to win. This isn't one of them. Um, if Denver gets Rodgers, I probably still am not convinced that they, the Chiefs aren't the best team, but boy, they could be two of the top three or four best teams in the league. NFC East, they were the ugliest division in the NFL last year. I think just by getting Dak Prescott back, I got to pick the Dallas Cowboys here, although I think the entire division seems somewhat improved over last year. Yeah, I mean, could Hurts or Daniel Jones take a big step forward? It's possible. I'm probably betting against it, to be honest, but it's possible. Their, their surroundings are a lot better than they were. Well, I think what Washington did was really impressive, but I got to admit, I'm not, I'm souring on Fitzpatrick. I understand it's fun and it's a great story. Dak's by far the best quarterback in this division, though, and I think that offense might be the best offense in the league when it's all said and done. I got Dallas. Let's finish with the AFC East. The New England Patriots, who were, what, 7-9 and nine last year, right? And spent more money yeah. than they ever have in free agency. They drafted a quarterback in Mac Jones at 15, who will most likely back up Cam Newton for most or all of his rookie season. New York Jets, up and coming, similar to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I can't place them in that mix quite yet, and this division's even more difficult than the AFC South is for Jacksonville. So it comes down to... The Dolphins and the Bills, and the Bills are a team that is just too good, and they dealt with both offensive and defensive line in the draft, which I really loved, and it's just really hard to go away from any other team than the Bills in this division. Yeah, you summed it up really well. I mean, I think the Jets and Miami are both going the right direction. Miami's a, a year ahead of them on the on the same timeline. Only wrench. What if Belichick gets Julio? <laughs> Julio could change the entire tide right, of right. the NFL this season. Um, how many games do you get? How you get ten games of Julio? Was, was, I is think that what at you least? Would, I mean, he he, he he battles through it. He played nine games last year, but he, he right. played you know at least fourteen, fifteen games almost every year for five yeah. straight years. Even though he's banged up a lot, so um, and the threat of Julio, even if he plays through injury. Is still pretty big time. Oh He's yeah, up in the middle of the field for those tight ends in New England. Yeah, look, I think that Patriot D is going to be great. Even without really Julio, you should never count out the New England Patriots. Even without Julio, you know, nobody no one should be surprised if the Patriots win that division this year. I mean, I kind of look at the New England and think they'll end somehow. Or they'll end up with ten wins and in the playoffs and be hard to get out, even without Julio. Really fun division. The Jets are going to win this division in the next three years. It's not going to be this year. Got to go Buffalo Bills. If you believe in Wilson, I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure that I do. Do the Dolphins have the worst quarterback situation now? Would you rather have Cam mm -hmm. and Mac, or would you rather have Tua? I think I'd rather have New England's. But I, what I do know is Buffalo has by far the best. Yes, that is true. By far, yeah. And the most complete team. Yes. I mean, they're the easy choice in the division. Yeah, but no doubt. I, I don't want to discredit what New England's capable of. All right, good stuff. I think yeah, we, we see eye-to-eye eye on a lot of those. There are some toss-up divisions, and I think with some post-June 1st player movement, uh, some things could get shaken up around the league. But you know what happens? We talk about all these rumors. I bet Rodgers stays in Green Bay, and I bet Julio stays in Atlanta. <laughs> You're probably right when it's all said and done, yeah. yeah. 
sorry to throw a wet blanket on the the rumors to end the podcast. It's just the way it seems like it's going to go. But who knows? The young GMs these days, players are are more apt to, to try to make their own future and make things happen. So who knows? This is this is a new era in the NFL. So maybe we'll see even some other players we're not even talking about on the move too. Never know. Never know. It, be, it makes it fun. That's for sure. All right. Be back next week with some more top 25s. Your questions on our Twitter Tuesday at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Talk to you Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.